Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, episode 32. Is this the uh, back-to-work episode? It, it may be. We'll, we'll see where we're at. I'm, I am your host, Andrew Gross. Please find me on Twitter at agrossnewsday. And today, for this uh, entirety of this episode, I am uh, joined by... Uh, Newsday colleague, Rangers beat writer, my longtime friend, Colin Stevenson. You can find him on Twitter at Colin S. Newsday. And uh, Colin, buddy, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm getting excited now. Looks like uh, looks like after uh, after all this time, we might be going back to work. Yeah. So, <laughs> so just to recap where we are, it's uh, – well, what day is today? Today is the uh, 20, uh, 26th of May. Yeah, we've, got, we've gotten through the Memorial Day weekend, and it was a, a fairly active Memorial Day weekend, and, and week leading into the Memorial Day weekend is the NHL and the NHL Players Association. For, for all intents and purposes, I mean, there are still some I's to be dotted, T's to be crossed, but for the most part, if the NHL is able to resume play. We know what it's going to look like now, which is uh, uh, 24 teams coming back. That includes both the Islanders and the Rangers. And, uh, you know, the, the, the belief is, you know, two conferences, so 12 teams, each conference split into two hub cities, we believe. Uh, those hub cities have yet to be decided upon. And the top four seeds, and, and those top four seeds could still be playing a few uh Whatever, you, whatever kind of games you want to call them, round, robin, whatever. But the, those top four seeds uh, for buys into the, the next round may, may still be, you know, played out. But basically, seeds five through 12, uh, the belief is it would be a best of five, basically a play-in series to, to play the uh, top four seeds. And you go away from there. And if you look at it, the uh, – the, the 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 Islanders who get the seventh seed would uh, wind up playing the tenth seeded Panthers and the eleventh seeded Rangers are playing the sixth seeded Hurricanes if we go along with this and in addition to that on uh, on Sunday uh, Governor Cuomo tells teams in New York State can resume training uh, Governor Murphy of New Jersey today on Tuesday did the same for New Jersey. Um, and uh, the NHL announces on Monday that it's uh, aiming for early June to go to phase two, which is basically small group workouts at the team facilities, uh, a phased reopening of the team facilities. So uh, that's to bring you up to date. And, and Colin, what, what are your thoughts on uh, everything that's kind of transpired in a, in a short amount of time here? Well, I, I think uh... – my first thought is, you know, hooray. Every idea was on the table. Uh, no idea was a stupid idea for a long, long time. But, I mean, you know, listen, this is, uh, I think everybody's on board with this, and everybody, you know, is, is missing, um, you know, lots of stuff about their lives, but but professional sports uh, uh, being, you know, pretty high on the list. We've gotten, uh, you know, German soccer is back. You know, I know there was uh, Korean baseball and Taiwanese baseball, but it was on at five o'clock in the morning, and um, and uh, I don't know how much uh, people were following that. But I, you know, as a as a soccer fan, I know I, I watched European soccer on Saturday mornings, and it was nice to see uh, German soccer back. So with that, now everybody's opening up. Now there's going to be they're talking about Spanish soccer and Italian soccer is going to be coming back, and pretty soon English soccer. Um, the NBA is talking about coming back. So. Uh, baseball, if they can get their act together with the with the salaries and such, you know they'll be coming back, and and so it, it does give a sense of normalcy. And and I do think that, you know, as far as the NHL plan for returning, and there are still many many details to to be worked out. Don't don't kid yourself. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, uh, but the framework is good. It sounds to me like you know we were wondering, you know, you go straight to the playoffs, and and if you do, do you take the teams that have you know, the top 16 teams via points or is it, you know, or is it by points percentage? Um, and what about, you know, teams like the Rangers who were, you know, two points out of a spot, you know, and 
you know, so this this kind of encompasses, uh, you know, in my mind, the you know the best plan where you you know you bring you bring teams that that had a realistic shot at making the playoffs with the you know the the twelve or fourteen games remaining uh, or, or the, however many twelve or I guess the Rangers had twelve games, the Islanders had fourteen games remaining. Uh, I don't know. But whatever, yeah. you, so you bring those teams back and everybody who had a shot with 12 or 14 games remaining now has a shot. You know, it's a, it's a three out of five to get into the group of 16. And, and then you go from there. And I, I think that that's really cool. And it, and it really sets up some, some interesting things. It's been three, it'll be three months plus, right, between, you know, the, the time of the pause and then the time of the return. Yeah. You know, I mean, guys who were injured will be healthy now. I mean, Columbus is going to be a different team, you know. Um, so I just think it's going to be really cool. There's going to be a lot to talk about, you know, from, from our standpoint, you know, lots to discuss and, you know, the Rangers versus Carolina and, you know, the Carolina was one of two teams to vote against, uh, you know, the, the restart plan because they didn't like this plan because they didn't think it was fair because they had an 80% chance to make the playoffs. And now they're going to face the Rangers who swept them in the regular season and, you know, that kind of thing. It's just really a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. So I, I couldn't be more excited. Yeah, you know, it, it was funny. Like, I, I guess I sort of understood the Hurricanes' concerns, and the Lightning were the other team to vote against uh, this model. Um, and and to be fair, uh, Jordan Martunic on a, on a Zoom call the other day said, basically, it was not against voting to return to play. It was just kind of a protest that he didn't think this – was the most fair system, but my, my reaction was, come on, really? I mean, <laughs> I think this is the most fair system to be honest. I, I, yeah. You know, it's like, really, you're going to nitpick which team you have to play against and you could do better in the standings than, you know, in, in another system. It's, geez, you know, just go out and win. Just, yeah, just, just go, go out and win, go out go and play play. and go out and win and don't whine about the, the opponent or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't, I mean, you know, that's not very, I mean, you know, I don't want to call them dirty names, but you know, listen, the fact that you got swept by the Rangers in the regular season, first of all, it means, it means not that much because, it means you know, nothing. you know, because the hurricanes are a different team. They've acquired yeah. Vincent Trocek and, and the Rangers certainly are a different team with the uh, Shesterkin in that. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and like you said, I mean, hockey hasn't been played since March twelfth. <laughs> it's it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's just uh, you know. But the, the great thing is, listen, we've all been locked down for for however long, and um, and now we can talk about hockey as opposed to talking about you know if they're going to come back, you know, what would be the best way to come back. Now we have a plan. And now we can get into the nitty gritty of, you know, is Lundqvist going to start against the, you know, uh, <laughs> against the Hurricanes or is just Sturkin going to start, you know, it's just Sturkin's number one, but Lundqvist has insane numbers against them. Things like that, you know, stuff that, you know, will really get us, you know, back into sort of, you know, um, normalcy mode. Note to the uh, Rangers, uh, Thomas Grice always puts up good numbers against the uh the the Hurricanes and uh, Barry Trotz went with Robin Leonard uh, to start the four games last year and I, I'm not it worked out too Robin, good did it <laughs> I'm not blaming Robin Leonard I mean those first two games in Brooklyn you know were kind of toss ups could have gone either way right, but, right 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 you know I mean I guess the point is I, I, I think the Rangers would go with Shesterkin <laughs> yeah yeah I would I would assume so as well but it's it's just you know it's just just fun to be able to to kind of you know, debate and, and talk. I remember this, you know, when Lundqvist has been skating in Sweden and Shesterkin probably, ha you know, he's been here, so he hasn't been skating, you know, so whatever. It's just, it's hockey talk as opposed to virus talk, you know, which is, which is great. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, it, you, you don't want to jump the gun too much and, you know, because it, it, it should still be pointed out, even though, you know, Long Island is, you know, opening up, you know, phase one, uh, tomorrow, uh, on Wednesday, supposedly, um, which would mean the, the restarted construction at Belmont. And, uh, you know, uh, different pockets of New York State are, are starting to reopen to business. My wife, who's, uh, who runs her own veterinary hospital, you know, the doors are open today. She's been operating, uh, you know, pretty much since March with clients, 
leaving the, 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 the pets outside um, and, and Jenny, you know, talking to uh, clients either through the window, you know, certainly wearing masks, socially distancing, taking a lot of information over the phone. Starting today, clients are, are back in the hospital. So, you know, there are signs all over that, you know, that things are creeping back to the way we remembered them. But at the same time, we also have to remember this can turn on a dime. Uh, you know, the NHL made clear in its memo to its leagues that, you know, it's not exactly, you know, they haven't pinpointed a date for the phase two reopening of the training facilities. And, and it's not clear how long phase two is going to last or, you know, when they would ever get to a phase three if they can, which is training camp or phase four, uh, which would be the resumption of play. I mean, it, you know, COVID-19 is still, it, it hasn't gone anywhere, and I don't think any of us can forget that. But like you said, it is nice at least to have something else to talk about or at least to speculate about. Uh, right. Which is something, you know, two weeks ago it, there was, you know, and it's all leagues. The NHL is, you know, the NHL is kind of uh, in the forefront of having a real plan. And, you know, you hear all these different plans with the NBA, you know, how they might structure the playoffs, how my, how all the games might be, you know, down at Disney World in Orlando, um, you know, and, and baseball going through the problems, you know, as they haggle over money, which, you know, <laughs> shocker, shocker with baseball that they've gotten to that point. <laughs> you know, to, to be fair, I mean, you know, like you said, there's still a lot to be worked out. And, yeah. And I, I'm sure there are, there are definitely monetary issues that, that have to be worked out in the NHL, you know, escrow and uh, uh, final payments on, on contracts and, you know, all right. these contracts are, you yeah, know, draft and when's the draft going to be, yeah. you know, uh, are the players who signed, uh, you know, the, the college players or whatever who signed, are they going to be on rosters? Is, is Keandre uh, Miller going to be on the Rangers roster? You know, some of these guys that they signed, these college free or not college free agents, but guys, that have left college and, you know, so there's a line. And, you know, the other thing I was thinking about is, you know, there was, there was talk a while back um, of players with families who didn't want to be away from their families for three to four months at a time. Um, You know, and listen, the the playoffs, a 16 team playoff typically takes about two months to to complete. Right. So, I mean, if you're talking, um, you got to do a, uh, best of five playing round, and then and then you know, sixteen team playoffs, which which take two months. I mean, that could be three months away from your family if your family isn't coming with you to those hub cities, you know. And and then if the, if they do come to the hub city, you know what I mean. So there's there's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff um, to get to get through um, before we actually see the first puck drop. But but it looks good. Yeah, and. And what what I've heard, I'm sure you've heard the same thing, is, you know, from when they start this to when they hand out the Stanley Cup, they don't want this taking more than two months. And that, you know, that's all inclusive. And I think that is, you know, they're trying to speak to some of the concerns of these players, you know, right. who, who are committing to being away uh, from the family for a long time. And it's not just players, you know, it's training staff and it's, uh, you know, it has yet to be determined, obviously, where the games are going to be and and who will allow, who will be allowed to be in that bubble. And you know, if you read through the NHL memo, um, you know the media is not going to be allowed in team facilities during Phase One, at least, which is right. which is you know as was it six players can be in the facility right. working out at a time. time, no coaches yeah. like no uh, coaches. one strength coach. Uh, no skating coaches, no, you know, like goalies can have goalie coaches, but they can't be like the team goalie coach. So like, uh, so Ben, uh, Benny Allaire, who's the Rangers goalie coach, wouldn't be working with goalies. They would probably have to hire somebody. Right. The the guy individually. So, I mean, like there, there are things I'm, I'm not quite sure. I guess it's all just aimed at keeping the numbers low. Um, you know, players have to be spaced out in, in the locker rooms and, you know, showering at home wherever possible and things like that. So no, no, no carpooling, no carpooling, which, you know, which, which sounds intuitive, but 
it's actually not a big deal. I, I don't want to say that, but it is a big part of the players' lives because there's a ton of carpooling that goes on. You know, the Rangers. Yeah, especially with the Rangers. I mean, you know, most yeah, of the players now live in the city. Yeah, and 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 with the Islanders as well. You know, it, it's it's almost a part of their routine. You know, the yeah. players come in in groups of two or three, and and it's. It's it's a time to relax. They grab a coffee on their way in. They're yucking it up, and and you know it sort of gets them ready for this. Rather than you know, players are creatures of habit, and, and exactly. obviously there are going to be a ton of adjustments they have to make through this. But you know, it, it's not just a throwaway line that there's no carpooling or you know nothing. You know that only six of them can work out and. You know, they have to be spaced there. The, the the whole point of a team is the camaraderie, and that's going to have to be re- reassembled a little bit of a t- at a time. So all of this is going to be a huge adjustment. Yeah, and then there's no, uh, as you said, there's no, we don't have a start date yet for, for when we're going to do these small groups. And we don't have, a, as you said, we don't have a time for how long the small group phase is going to last. And then, you know, you can go to larger groups. I saw in in Spain, they had small groups. They're, I think, Spanish soccer. Now they're up to like 14 players, I think. So it's a larger group. So you start with a small group, you go to a bigger size group, and then eventually you have the full group, I suppose. So, I mean, it, it, it seems to me like a long way before we even get to like a full training camp. And then what do the players want? Like a three-week training camp? And I guess that'll be uh, – I guess that would be in their home cities. Um Right. I mean, because you want to be home. I mean, you, you don't really want to make the time away from home any longer anyway. So I don't know. I mean, now you're, now you're bumming me out, man. I was all excited. Oh, no, 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 I, now I, you're, you're, you're bringing me down. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to bum you out there. <laughs> I, I, I'm just trying to point out is, you know, just because we may be at point A, we're, we're not going directly to point B or point C or, or playing games. It, it's still a a distance. I mean, you know, however, if they, if they want to get these small groups going, they, they targeted early June. I mean, just me speculating, I'm still thinking they, they wouldn't be able to resume playing games late July at the earliest, and, and it might possibly be August before we see any games. Yeah, and and as you and as you said too, um, and and we can't forget this part. Uh, we're not through, you know. This coronavirus still is out there, right? And so, you know, to the extent that we flatten the curve and we allow this possibility of restarting and stuff, you know, pretty much people are saying that there's going to be a second spike and you know all this kind of stuff, and you have to kind of prepare with that possibility in mind and so on and so forth and 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 so if you start in august like in you know i have uh i happen to have uh a son in college you you know as you have a daughter in college and i have a second son who's finishing up in high school um he's going to have outdoor graduation now a lot of colleges you know plan take into account like a second spike and, and the nhl needs to um I'm sure they've they've thought of this too, but there could be a second spike, you know, and so you you kind of want to time it so that you play, and maybe you're done before that second spike comes around, and then oh, maybe this, yeah, you know, so there's 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 that too, like it's it's you know not that we're experts on coronavirus, but you know, I mean we hear what everybody else hears, you know. Yeah. No, and and, and it's very because what the NHL absolutely does not want is to begin to, for them to get all the way to the point of where they they actually restart and then they have to shut it down again because too many players get infected. And look, let, let, let's not kid each other. You know, if people are getting back together in groups, more people are going to get sick. You're going to have a hockey player come down with COVID-19 after all this restarts. I mean, to me, that just seems logical, right? So, right. But the point is how to isolate that, and, and, and the NHL certainly has come up with a lot of protocols for, you know, uh, for testing as well as uh, isolating players who do, who do become symptomatic, uh, you know, during the course so they don't have to shut down 
the whole thing. But that that is that's very tricky keeping this going once it starts. Yeah, I mean, and and uh, you know, what's the number, right? If one guy tests positive, if if three guys test positive across the league, if five guys, what's the number? I mean, does it have to be a certain number of guys per team or? Uh, you know, one team, maybe. I mean, you know, if, uh, I don't know what the pro. I don't. I don't know that I read anything that suggests. Well, if this many players end up testing positive, we're going to have to shut it back down. Um, I don't know that they want to say that, um, but that's a legit sort of concern. Yeah. yeah you know, but all that said, <laughs> it's good to be talking about, talking about it. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's. It, it, certainly beats the alternative it has beaten the alternative but uh yeah so i mean we we've talked about this 2014 model which you know i i like i like the way they have it set up and and i also really like the process they went through to to get to this point where there was some real dialogue between the league and the nhlpa and you know I'm not saying because the sides were able to cooperate here, it's automatically going to lead to a new collective bargaining agreement when one is needed in uh, in 22. But I, I did like the way the two sides there was there was back and forth, there was give and take. You know, I, I think they they expressed what really mattered to them without a lot of kicking and screaming. Right, and and, and I think the dialogue allowed them to get to this point and, and and get to this point quicker than other leagues have gotten to this point. So to me, that was a really promising sign. That is a really promising sign. I mean, if you, if you look at what's happening with baseball in particular, their, their CBA, I think is up in 21, right? So, I mean, they, uh, you know, that whole, you know, we, we want our, we don't want a salary cap thing uh, is already starting to come up. And, and that's, uh, I mean, you know, let's, geez, let's hope that baseball can figure that out and, 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 uh, and, and come to some meeting of the minds. Uh, but as you said, that it's, it's great that the NHL and the NHLPA have been able to work together on this. I was thinking about that too. I mean, that is, that is really good work on, on the part of both sides and then, uh, you know, kudos to them. Yeah. So, so you have this and, and you have, you know, and, and again, I thought it was significant when the memo was released yesterday or is sent out to the teams, it, it was very clear that both the league and the Players Association, you know, released the memo sort of jointly to the, to, to the public to, to, you know, to emphasize that point that both sides were, were, were in line with this. And, you know, so, but, you know, so we, we talked a little bit. If we're going to talk hockey, let's talk hockey. You know, you got this 24-team uh, uh, format. And, again, what's still to be decided is when the NHL draft is going to be. Right. And I think the push to have the draft, uh, we, uh, we had talked about this in June before they resumed play. I, I think Gary Bentman tried to push that through and just met with way too much resistance on it. And that's, that's not going to happen, but they might now have, you know, certainly the draft lottery you're, you're hearing, you know, late June, they're going to have a, a draft lottery and, you know, who's going to be in this draft lottery. Right. Right. See, that's the thing I, I think is, is very difficult. Yeah, it's, it's like an old school draft lottery then. So it's the seven teams that aren't, that aren't involved in the, in the restart, which I, I yeah. think is, is cool. But I mean, you know, yeah, it, it'd be different though. It'd be different than, than last year. I mean, normally it's, it's every team that's not in there. Right. I mean, and, and yeah. it can only move up so far and this and that. And, well, and what, and what, what, what they're trying to avoid is, you know, if you include the, the bottom 15 teams and, and it, you know, and then one of these, you know, the, the so-called eight, you know, that's, in that 15, but is still in the playing round, you know, what if this team gets into the playoffs and actually, you know, goes on to do really well or, or, you know, gasp, even win the Stanley cup and and they have the first overall. And and they get the first pick and they get Alexis. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the odds of that are incredibly slim, but still, you know, I think the NHL is trying to guard against that. And, and trying and, and again, you know, they're trying to come up with the system that's most fair 
to everyone, and you're not going to be able to please everyone ever. Um, you know, as you and I, as fathers, know trying to run a family, right. you never right. make everyone always happy at, at the same time. But, you know, trying to make the most people as satisfied as possible. So it's going, to, it's going to be very interesting to see how many people are in that draft lottery and what kind of machinations they come up with for that. But, uh, you know, and, and again, if they go to this format and, you know, and it does turn out the Islanders are going to play the Panthers, you know, uh, you, you mentioned the Rangers that swept the Hurricanes. The Islanders did the same uh, with the Panthers. They won two one-goal games. Uh, early in the season at home, including a shootout. Uh, but the teams haven't played since the Islanders won. I think it was like the second week of December or right. something like that. They won 3-1 down in Florida. Um, so, you, you know, if you're talking from December to August that that has separated these these two teams playing, I don't think anything that happened this season is applicable to what may happen in a best of five series, both teams are different. You know, as I mentioned, that the, the Panthers traded away Vincent Trocheck, who to me is one of the most underrated players in the NHL, a sneaky good player. Um, he's on the Hurricanes now. Um, right. So the Rangers. Yeah, the Hurricanes are good. Well, I shouldn't say they're good, but they but they made a lot of changes. I mean, they have Brady Shea now. Uh, yeah. You know, the Rangers traded him on on uh, the, at the deadline there. Um, you know, and they, and and they've got uh, Votnin, right? Didn't they get Votnin yeah. from New Jersey? And yeah. So I mean, they're a different and, team. And and Votnin may actually finally be healthy by the time, uh, you know, because he was hurt when he was traded, and I don't think right. he played for the Hurricanes. Um, you know, and, and you know, like you mentioned earlier, you know, players getting healthy is going to be, you know, a significant portion of this. The Blue Jackets are going to be a healthy team. The Islanders, just looking at the Islanders, Johnny Boychuk's going to be back. Uh, Casey Sezikis is going to be back for sure. Uh, but the speculation is whether Adam Pellick would be able to play, you know, if you're talking about August. Because, you know, when he he tore his Achilles tendon in, I think it was January 2nd, and, you know, he was supposedly out for the season, um, the thought was he would be able to be back for training camp. Well, that's September. You know, if there are games in August, you know, is, is that on Adam Pellick's timeline? Yeah. If he's close, is it, is it worth it? I mean, he's a young guy. And, yeah, and, and certainly I don't think the Islanders are going to speculate now whether Adam Pellick might be able to play games in, in August or not. But, you know, that that significantly alters the uh, – the, the landscape for the Islanders, you know, because he's, you know, he's probably their best defensive uh, defenseman, certainly a top pair defenseman. And as much as Andy Green, you know, did a, a pretty good job, you know, when he was acquired from the Devils trying to, you know, you know, take up some of the slack for Pellick being out, um, Pellick back in the lineup really is a, is a boost or would be a boost to the Islanders if he is able to play, and I'm not saying, you know, August would be on his timetable or not. You know, I think we were looking at September, really. So, but it, it is out there. So, and, and the Islanders are not the only So, I think every team is going to have at least one guy that they weren't expecting right. to have, you know, back in their lineup. So, you know, like I said, what the Islanders did against the Panthers in October – or December, you know, probably has very, very little bearing on what would happen, you know, if play is able to resume here. Yeah, exactly. And then the, the question I would have, too, is are those players that signed in May, are they are they going to be eligible? I mean, you yeah, would think they would be, right? You know, I've gotten a ton of questions, you know, would he be able to play this season? And right. If, Indications right now are that no, no, you know, Sorokin's going to have to wait for the for next season to suit up for the Islanders. But you know, I don't know. Would would would, would the league make you know? Uh, would they you know? I don't know if grandfathering in is the right phrase, but you know what I mean. Would they make exceptions here, and and could players come in? And you know, it, that that's something else to speculate on as well. 
Right. I mean, and, and, and is there a difference between players who played in Europe and players who are playing in college, you know, or juniors? So, I mean, there's, there's still miles to go before we, before we, you know, get all the T's crossed and I's dotted and stuff. But, um, you know, I, I, I do like that 2014 return to play. Um, and I want to, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing the Penguins against the Canadians, you know, to, you know, to see, um, you know, the, the Penguins are a real good team, but they're fifth, right. Uh, overall in the Eastern conference. And, and, uh, if they have to go up against Carey Price, you know, in a, in a three out of five, whew. you mentioned, you know, get to see these games. And I guess the question and. You know, the Newsday sports staff has been debating this internally, it seems like, for a month. But what do you think? Are are we going to be seeing these games live, or are we going to be seeing these games on television? I I sincerely doubt that we're going to be seeing the games live. Um, But what – well, you know, the thought occurred to me is um, I wonder if – they would, uh, the teams would open up like their practice facilities or something, put up a big screen TV and have us all go there. And, you know, I, I guess that wouldn't necessarily make sense, but, um, that would be cool. I mean, it'd be great for me to get out of my house, <laughs> go up, go up to Tarrytown and, you know, watch, watch the games up there and, and, um, and, and get on a conference call from there. I would imagine all the teams are trying to limit their liability as much as possible. So, you know, I don't think they would just invite the media to watch a game on television at their site. No, but But, you know, the the question I would have is, is, you know, if we're watching games on television, do we have access to the same kind of information we would, if we were in the press box, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of, uh, you know, Joe, Joe Blow, you know, uh, suffered a lower body injury and will not return or whatever. Um, you know, and then, and then, uh, and how do you do, you know, is there going to be post game, um, access, you know, uh, conference calls, zoom calls, whatever, uh, are you going to be able to ask questions or, you know, and again, or is it going to be, okay, well, we'll take a limited amount of media. And so the four people that are there can ask questions, but the, you know, the, the 10 people that are watching from home don't get a chance to ask questions and, you know, things like that. So there's, again, that's, that's probably at the bottom of their priority list at this oh, point. Yeah. But, I, you know, if I had to guess, if I had to bet on it, I would bet that we're not going to be there. I would agree with you. I, I, I think, uh, I mean, those are my thoughts that, you know, you try and limit liability, you try and decrease the COVID risk by having as few people as possible. I'm just curious, like, you know, Every team now has its own, basically, reporting staff, you know, for its for its website. And uh, I, I'm just curious, you know, I, I don't think, you know, I'm not even going to say the Islanders. I don't think an NHL team would say, okay, you know, our web crew can be here, but no other media can be here. I, I no, don't think, no. Yeah, I so don't I, think that would be the case, but I'm also wondering how much the league is going to want its own reporters on site. And if that is the case, you know, is that a way for the media to sneak in? So I, uh, in my, you know, I just exchanged some text messages with, with Rangers PR yesterday. Uh, and, um, I think there's no access to no media access for these small group sessions anyway, and and no media, no access to their digital, uh, operations. So they're, they're on website people and things like that. I was wondering if, you know, you're trying to limit the number of personnel that are actually at the site, uh, that I would presume would also then include camera people, right? So you can have your broadcast team, you know, broadcasting from their homes separately or from someplace separately and not out there, but you got to have the camera people there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah many cameras do you do you use fewer camera people you know what i mean like i don't know how many cameras they use like msg puts on a pretty good production 
for yeah. you know the local hockey teams. Uh, but if uh, you know, and I, I I apologize, I don't I don't know the number of camera people they use to to do a game. But let's say they use I don't know seven guys or seven cameramen, um, and now they're only going to use three. You know, so then you're not going to get uh, as many looks as you get in a typical game, right? I mean, you're not going to get shots. Well, you know. Yeah, no, and you're, and you're you know what. You're not, you're not, and it's a great point brought up by you. That the television broadcast is going to look different, um, you know, or would probably look different because not only, and I agree, they're going to probably limit the number of cameras coming in. Just that, that makes common sense. Yeah. But you know, if if the broadcasters are not there, the broadcasters, you know. Uh, yeah, they look at their monitors sometimes, but they, you know, they have eyes. They're, they right. they spot things. But now, right. the, now the broadcasters are absolutely beholden to what's being shown to them on the monitor. On the monitor, so, right? So they may they they may miss stuff that happens behind the play or on the bench. And also speaking about on the bench, if the broadcasters are not going to be there, you don't have the the the, the between the bench reporting. You know, uh, right. be it. AJ or, or, or Jen or, or, or John Giannone or Dave Maloney, whoever is in between the benches, they do a fantastic job of, yes. of giving you a feel of what's really happening during the game. And, you know, if that's not there and, and you know, and, and most of, a lot of the time it's not even what those, you know, between the benches reporters say on the air, it's what they're telling you know, right, they're relaying it to the guys in the booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're you're going to miss a lot of that. So yeah, it's it, it's probably going to be a, a stripped down TV production as well if media is not allowed on site. Yeah, I mean, and but that's you know, that's the that's the nature of the pandemic, right? I mean, like nothing is going to be as it was, right? I mean, it's just a yeah. matter of doing the best you can with you know, with, with what you have and, and staying as safe as possible. So, you know, if, if you are going to have, I don't know, like I said, you're, you're going to have half the number of cameras you normally would, and you're not going to have the, uh, the between the benches reporters and the ice side reporters and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I do think it would be, it would be nice if at least the broadcast team were on site. Now they don't have to, you know, they can do, I think what they're doing, in uh, in German soccer is you know they have the broadcast team on site but these guys are not sitting next to each other like they're in yeah. separate rooms or something like that but at least they're there and they can see what's happening and maybe the camera's following you know one end but you know they something catches out of the corner of their eye they see something at the other end of the of the pitch and in this case the rink uh, so I think that that would be that would be helpful if if I were going to suggest anything I would say you know. I don't say they're essential, but I would like to have at least the broadcasters be on site where they can see stuff. Even if we're not going to be there, um, you know, if those guys are there, they might be able, as you say, pick pick something up that maybe we don't see on the camera. You know, and, it, and it's interesting. Maybe I should get do a, a, an episode with you know Joel or one of one of the MS Jim, one of the MSG, uh, you know, bosses. But how is that truck going to work? People work. <laughs> You know, in, in yeah. a truck. I mean, those are really tight quarters. It's, I would say, it's nigh impossible to socially distance in one of those production trucks. So I don't know how that's going to work either. And, and well, I wonder if you could do stuff outside. If it is summer, right? And if you know, the, depending on where the state they are. So they're talking about, um, you know, the sites. I mean, it, it seems from everything that I've read that Vegas is a lock to be one of the sites, right? So, I mean, you shouldn't have weather problems in Vegas. You know, maybe you could set some stuff up outside and they don't have to be inside the truck. But, you know, it's just stuff that they could do. Um, I don't know. Where do you think the sites are going to be? Uh, let's, let, let's, let's look at that. I mean, like, what, what have you heard? I mean, I've read Edmonton and yeah, I heard Edmonton. Columbus and Carolina. I heard Edmonton was really strong, but yeah. then, you, you, you know, all the U.S. players going into Canada and – and I heard that might be a strike against Edmonton, but you know, I, I agree that they're going to probably. I mean, Vegas has the facilities for sure. Yeah. Uh, Hotel you know, rooms. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, Buffalo's got a really good setup as well. They got a ton of rinks up there, and they got 
a, a ton of hotels right downtown. You know, I, I think Buffalo is a, is a good town today. I haven't, but that's just me, you know, throwing something out there. And uh, it's close to Canada, if that matters. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. Is know. that, but so, like, would it be, well, would it matter if, if the Sabres aren't one of the 24 teams? I don't, I don't know. Um, that, 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 I mean, maybe that's a, uh, maybe that's a plus for Buffalo since it's a complete neutral site then. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I think Arizona is another strong candidate, you know, uh, just given, you know, I think you want places where you can spread out in addition to the facilities, you have adequate hotels and, right. and, and the state is, is, has relaxed some of its, you know, guidelines. I think Arizona would fall into that. Uh, Florida certainly falls into that. Although Florida would certainly make some sense. Yeah, Florida might be overrun by baseball, but, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I keep hearing there's still eight or nine different cities being considered here. But, you know, <laughs> it was funny. You mentioned Las Vegas, and I actually had this conversation uh, with someone who enjoys eating as much as I do. And we were sort of lamenting that one of the, the casualties of this pandemic of COVID-19 may be the all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> weird stuff that's going through your head sometimes, man. Well, and me and my friend Bob yesterday talked for like 10 minutes about the genius of the Las Vegas buffet and how <laughs> those things are. Yeah, okay. I, I, I get that. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I mean, you know, when I was there, I forget when the Islanders were there. It feels like maybe it was uh, January, February. I mean, I, I went out to a Las Vegas buffet for dinner, and I was overwhelmed. Let me know for for next season uh, where I'm going for dinner in Vegas. You know, we found a steakhouse that uh, I had discovered the season before we went to that. But I'll, I'll try something new for sure. Yeah, you know, uh, Arthur Staple pointed me to a really good uh, sushi place in one of the casinos, uh, like a little uh, a little kiosk almost. You just kind of sat there uh, as people wandered by in this mall like area, and they just you know they brought you homemade sushi, a fresh made. It was unbelievable. Again, you know, know, like you said, it's funny where the mind takes you don't have stuff. (laughs) (laughs) You know, here I am worrying about, you know, who's going to start and go for the range. You're talking about all-you-can-eat sushi. With this pause, though, um, it seems like you've spoken to a lot more Islander people than I have spoken to Rangers people. The Rangers have taken sort of the – the the tack that you know they don't you know for most of it anyway like they they didn't feel as though it was uh it behooved them to make their people available because so many questions were speculative we do you think you're going to come back when do you think you're yeah. going to come back this and that so they they didn't make uh anyone really available during this pause i mean that'll change once they start um you know skating once they get back to the these uh uh, small group training. I'm, I'm told that they'll, you know, they'll go back to sort of normal. But you've you've had much more contact with Islander personnel um, from both management and and player um, than I have with with uh, my team. What uh, what have those guys been doing to stay in shape? I mean, and and you know, how many guys? Do you have a sense of whether got you know any guys have been able to skate? You know, guys that are up in Canada or wherever. Um, yeah, no one I know has been skating. Uh, I know there were rinks open in Ottawa. I was trying to talk to, uh, Derek Broussard and, uh, and, and JG Peugeot who were back up in the, uh, the Ottawa area, but that, that, 
that did not come through. And, you know, you, you do bring up a good point, and, and I owe a, a ton of thanks, really, to Lou Lamarillo and, and the Islanders organization and their, you know, Kimber Arbach and their PRs. But Lou's really been driving the bus here as far as, you know, stressing the, the importance of still being accessible during all of this. And I know right. for different teams have different, you know, philosophies on that. But Lou's philosophy is, you know, we need to keep our name out there and, you know, we need to, you know, we can't hide through all of this. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I've been lucky. I, I've talked to a fair share of players, you know, whenever I need to, you know, I shouldn't say whenever, but when I need, you know, some PA stuff, Islanders have been good about getting me on the phone with Anders Lee, the player rep, you know, to go over stuff with that. And Lou, you know, I've talked to Lou a few times through this. And, you know, a few episodes back, uh, I posted a really long chat I had with Barry Trotz. But, yeah, you know, uh, obviously the skating portion, as we've mentioned, is the, the huge bugaboo, not just for the Islanders or Rangers, any NHL team. And, uh, you know, getting ice time, that's why – getting to this phase two uh, is so critical is to get the players back out onto the ice and skating regularly before training camp opens, Um, you know, because otherwise uh, the groin and hamstring and leg injuries, when they, if if they just did a cold restart, um, those types of injuries would be off the charts. You know, you you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to to dress a team. You know, there'd be so many, leg injuries um you know the islanders actually don't have that many players back in europe um at all where where there is skating uh they don't have anyone in sweden uh i know that and uh, you know even uh semyon varlamov you know he's he's not back in russia he's uh i believe he's out in texas or something uh yeah the, the the rangers actually do have a couple of guys in europe i know uh capo caco uh posted on instagram I think it was last week, maybe the week before that, you know, he was, he was skating. He was skating with a couple of guys there. He had some video and, uh, and Henrik Lundqvist posted video, I think the week before. So he's, you know, a couple of weeks ago that he was skating, you know, his first day back on the ice it was, I think two or three weeks ago. So he's been skating and the, you know, they have a number, you know, Mika Zibanejad is in, the, in Sweden. Uh, I don't know if Jesper Foss went back, but I, I would assume that he did. I, you know, I never really uh, confirmed that. But, yeah, they do have a bunch of guys in Europe who, who have been skating, actually. And, uh, you know, I don't – you would think if you had a guy, you know, guys – I don't know if, if anyone could go to Florida and skate. I mean, I would imagine that rinks are, are open. Although now with the with the, with the the rules that they've, they've uh, put out – now I think you probably aren't going to be allowed to go on the ice until they reopen, right? I mean, I yeah, no, the, yeah, no. The NHL is really trying to even the uh, the ice rink, as it were, and make sure all players are kind of, you know, geared up together. I mean, that's that's why even you know on Sunday Cuomo makes this announcement that New York professional teams can resume training immediately in the state. And, you know, you hear from both the, you know, the Rangers and Islanders, you know, their response is, well, great, and this is good, but we have to get our guidance from the NHL, not from right. the Cuomo. Right, know. right. It's just uh, open to the NHL. Well, the other thing, the other question I have is, and getting back to the guys who are in Europe, is what kind of quarantine do they have to, is, is it still 14 days? Like, if they come back, do they have to sit out 14 days? I think um, I think that was definitely in the memo, that there was a 14-day uh, quarantine built into that. Um, so then I wonder if they would be able to skate alone, you know, or the, you know, I mean, like, is there a way around that? Because if you have a guy who's been skating for several weeks now, let's say Lundqvist, yeah. Uh, or any of them, um, and they come back, and now they have to sit at home for 14 days, or, you know, can he yeah. not go to the rink in, in those 14 days? Yeah. Or can he go by himself and not be part of the small group thing, you know? I mean, can he go and, and skate alone, or can he go and skate with other guys that have been in Europe, or I, I don't know. Well, to me, I mean, if you're being asked to, ask to self-quarantine, that's in your house by yourself. That's yeah. Not- yeah, you know, that's that's not even at the team facility with no one else there. You know, right, for me. Right, because right. you're still 
you know, carrying whatever bacteria, you know, that the virus has. I don't know. I mean, the way I read it, and, and it's not up in front of me, but anyone who uses public transportation, which you would have to, to return from Europe, unless, you know, you're taking a private jet. You know, um, arrangers could arrange for all of their Swedish guys and, you know, to come over together on on a plane that was just the three of them or however many of them there are. Yeah, I, I think I think the U.S. is going to and Canada is going to be very careful about, you know, the, the international border uh, stuff. I, I, they're going to allow it, but I, I, I do think they're going to want those two weeks to make sure that the person is not showing any symptoms. Right, right, right. And yeah. especially Sweden, like Sweden didn't do any social distancing as yeah. far as I can I read. So, yep. I mean, those guys weren't over there sitting in their in their homes for three months. They were out living their lives and going to restaurants and doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and the important thing, which my wife keeps mentioning to me, is I, I've said she's a doctor, so she gets uh she understands this more than I, but she says the the contact tracing is the most important part of this. So, you know, just finding out who you've been in contact with and isolating those people as quickly as possible is key to, to stemming the uh, tide here. I know this is not breaking news uh, uh, here, but uh, I just got an email, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman, to make formal announcement on return to play plan for 2019-2020 season at 4.30 today. Hmm. Okay, so then we'll have a date for, for opening for the small group training, I guess, I suppose. Yeah. You know, June 1st, maybe June 8th, something like that. Yeah, and uh, I'm assuming, uh, actually, with this uh, with this uh, email, I'm going to say that's it for this podcast episode because I'm going to call our editor. Who's <laughs> 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 probably wondering why I haven't called yet. Well, <laughs> let's, we, we, let's do this again when we know more, right? Absolutely, yeah. That might be later this week. But uh, hey, Colin, listen, you and your family, be well, stay well, and uh, it's always great talking to you. And uh, you know, uh, like you said, we're going to do this again soon.